Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We're going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and hook up with George LaRock for Contract Equipment Limited, Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and sales. Hello, George. How you doing? Bob, how's everything? Good. I just had Jody Shelley on the show, and I was thinking all I needed for the uh, the trifecta of guests out of the Quebec League in the midnight, the tough guy trifecta out of the queue back in the mid nineties, was to have Joel Terrio on the show as well, because uh, Jody was uh, he was a willing in game combatant when he played in Halifax, wasn't he? When you were in the queue, yeah, he was pretty tough. He was uh, he was a gamer. He went with pretty much everyone, and he wasn't the biggest guy. So, uh, props to him for the career that he's had. What about Terrio? Did you not have your infamous? Was that not your your first thing that you did for Granby, who won the Memorial Cup that year? Uh, was that not one of the first things you did? Was fight Terrio when you got traded? Yeah, actually, when I got traded um, and arrived, I arrived to, to the Granby Predators in the second period. And uh, the game was on TV. And when I arrived, because I was traded on when my team, St. Saint, the, the laser, they won the road. So when I got traded, uh, what happened is um, when I arrived at the game, Michel Therrien said, uh, you know, there's a couple minutes left in the second period. So he said to me, he's like, you want to just get dressed and cheer the guys on the bench? And I said, sure. So when the period was done, guys saw me in the dressing room. I got dressed, but I wasn't, I had no, ne- no legs. So... I was sitting in the dressing room, and I was going to cheer my teammates. And then Michel comes up to me when I'm on the bench, and he's like, George, if I start you in a third period, you could skate a bit around the ice to loosen up. Do you want, do you want to start? I just got traded, so I can't say no. So I'm like, okay. I said, okay. And when I'm skating around to loosen up my leg, because I have no leg, I just did seven hours bus. Where Ontario comes up to me, he goes on the other side of Beside me is like, and we were good friends, like, George, sorry, we have to fight because there's scouts from Washington that are here. <laughs> and they ask me all the time, how come we've never fought? And then I, I couldn't tell them that because we're friends. So I just said that I never had. Sorry, you just said well, what? Then we will. Oh, you said, okay. You said, yeah, no problem. We'll go fight. No, no, I said, no, no, no. no. He, said, uh, he, said, he said that because the scout always questioned why I never fought him. So they told that Terrio said next time we we play one another we will, but we never had the chance. So Terrio's like Washington scout to here because he was drafted by Washington. So George, we have to go. So I'm like, oh my god, Terrio asked me to fight. I have no legs. I just got in. It's my first fight with a team that just got me. They paid seventy five thousand cash for me, a first rounder, and they gave a D man that had a hundred point that year. And my first fight. Is when I have no legs against a guy that is one of the toughest guys in the league, Terrio. So you you can see this fight online, and and it went good. I had two pressure fights in junior hockey. That one and my fight with Peter Worrell. After I beat those two guys decisively, it was over. Was Frederick um, Bouchard you know, the defenseman that went the other way? Yes, yes. So you, you you're good. You're good. You're good, man. I looked it up. It's called uh, it's called the Internet, George. George LaRock joining us right now. So, all right, so you go and fight Terrio. You're playing for Michelle Terrian. And I, I, I know I sent you the text today. Seattle had six guys off the world junior team, George. 
They lost 5 nothing to Patrick Waugh and the Quebec Ramparts in the final of the uh, Memorial Cup. The Quebec League went like 25 years before your team in Granby won back in 1996. What do you remember about that Memorial Cup run? Okay, so first of all, I remember TSN did a survey. They did a survey to know um, what were the chance of us winning Memorial Cup. It was 0%. <laughs> no one gave us a chance of winning the Cup. I'll never forget that. And I remember Wade Wedden was there, Chris Dingman was there. There's some big guys that were there and stuff. And But we didn't care. Like, we had a really good team. We believed in ourselves. And, and it was amazing because the first game would be Guelph 9 nothing. You know, people were like, oh, my God, this team is serious. You know, it was a slaughter like that game. And then we lost to Peterborough, but we played them again in the final. We beat them 4 nothing. So it was awesome, man. I'll, I'll never forget it. Um, you know, winning Moyal Cup is like that, that little tournament with four teams. It's hard because winning, like, uh, people say that winning the Stanley Cup is, uh, the Memorial Cup is harder than the Stanley Cup because, first of all, you only have four years of junior hockey. Right. And on top of it, you, 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 winning the league is not enough. You also have to win a tournament with four teams. So if you look at all the stuff that we have to do to be there, it was awesome, man. And it's something that I'll never, something that I'll never forget. When we got back to, uh, to Granby, I remember there was people waiting on the bridge for us to come in and uh, fans like the parade that we've had and and it, it, it was amazing, man. Something that I will never forget. George, how, other, how, how far is Granby from Montreal? Uh, like 40 minutes. 40 minutes away. Really close. Okay. Yeah, 40 minutes. All right. So you play, you play for Terry. Let me ask you this. So the Quebec League has won four straight Memorial Cup championships. I mean, they didn't play for a couple of years, right? We didn't have one in uh, 1920. We didn't have one in 2021. The WHL played in little pods. The Quebec League played. The Ontario League didn't play. I think Edmonton had a better team in 2021 than they did last year when they went to the Memorial Cup. Like, I think the Oil Kings had a deeper team. Why do you think the Quebec League has done better? Like, do you have any... You know, Quebec League's got 18 teams, George. The WHL's got 22. So I look at depth maybe being a factor a little bit. But what do you think's happened in Quebec? Is there something going on there? I know that um, when there's a couple teams that are designated to win, they make, like, trades are fascinating towards the team that has a good chance to win, you know? They probably do this in Ontario too, right? Do they do that there too? Well, they did that in the West this year. I mean, Seattle and yeah. Kamloops totally loaded up out West. So did Winnipeg. Yeah. So, yeah. So you know, they did like I think all the teams do that, right? So Montreal, we know that you know everywhere. It's like if you know a team has a chance, each team, as you know in junior hockey, each team rebuild, and then when they rebuild, there's some teams that are that load up, and then some teams that uh, that are rebuilding, and they try again next year. So, but also. Just so you know, Quebec has a big advantage because they play in front of big crowds, right? Yeah. So they have more money. So first of all, that rink, it's easy to attract guys that wants to play there because of that rink, because of the amount of people that, that, that could come and watch, right? Also, money-wise, uh, I'm not going to say that they're paying players because it's illegal, but I do know that because they have a lot of funds, it's an advantage for them in terms of some of the 
stuff that, that they might need to do. Well, those rumors have been out there about the Ramparts and the London Knights, and they used to be out there for the Portland Winterhawks, used to, for years yeah. and years and years, right? Yeah, exactly. So I can't say that they're doing that, but at the same time, look at the quality of players that we're getting, uh, some guys that are coming from uh, elsewhere. So, uh, you know, it's a big advantage. You know, they have the, like, they have an NHL rank for a, a brand-new NHL rank for a junior team. No other team could compete with that. 18,000 uh, is what they had in the ball. I mean, Edmonton, the Oil Kings obviously play at Rogers Place, and they got up to about 14,000, but they don't. the Oilers were in the playoffs at the same time last year as well. George LaRock joining us. George uh, Cole Caulfield signing a max term length deal to just under $8 million per an eight-year extension. Your thoughts on uh, the Canadians getting Caulfield done? Well, okay, on that, it's crazy because a lot of people were worried in Montreal because they're like, what's going on? What is taking so long? And, you know, it doesn't take much before people in Montreal start worrying, thinking, are we going to sign him? What's going on with that? And lately, the last couple of days, uh, some people have started talking that it was coming up soon. And you know what? He kind of did. And I had this impression, and I said that before. I was talking about how Crosby, how Crosby and Malkin signed the identical same contract to kind of help the team cap-wise. Uh, Suzuki, like if you look at Suzuki's contract, 7.875, yeah. you know, the average base that he signed for eight years, it's pretty much the same thing, you know? They're going to be together for a while. It's pretty much the same contract. It was awesome. It's awesome because now it's locked in and now people could focus on other things because it started to be negative. Like, the only subject of discussion was this contract, but he knew it was a matter of time. And also, Montreal is lucky, uh, Bob, because um, because he got hurt, he didn't get 40 goals or 45 or maybe even 50 goals. If he would have got that plateaued, he would have got more money. So it's kind of funny that in a way that, you know, they encourage him to get surgery to be 100%. When if, if the team would have been in playoff position, he would have kept playing. Get, get close to 50 goals, then he would have signed more than that. But because he didn't get those big plateaus, they were able to convince him to get something close to what Suzuki got. And that really helped the team for a long term and, all, and also in terms of cap space to uh, to have some money left for other guys that, uh, that they're still trying to do. You know, it's interesting when you look at the Canadians, George. I mean, this run by Florida... I mean, there was a time where Florida, if you know, if Pittsburgh beats Chicago, Florida doesn't make the playoffs, then the, the Canadians would have had two picks in the top 16, and now instead they're drafting at five and either at 31 or 32. What a boy, as it turned out, that, that trade for Sherratt didn't turn out to be as bad for Florida as it could have been at one time. Yeah, but you know, you know, at the same time, Montreal. If they get Mitchkov number five, it's like if they got pick number two. Because I don't know if San Jose is going to pass on him or not. Uh, if I'm if I'm my grand taking Mitchkov because he's the second best player in the draft after Bedard, um, it's a big question there. If if they take him, Montreal is going to take um, um, what's his name again? Uh, uh, I forgot the number five again. What he would be that everybody sold on him? Smith. Center there. Uh, of yeah, the Smith. Yeah, yeah Montreal will take him if San Jose takes Mitchkov. But otherwise, Montreal takes Mitchkov, even if Mitchkov could only come three years after after his contract in uh, uh, in Russia, 
uh, in three years is going to be better than all the guys other than Bedard that, that are on the top five in this draft. So that's why uh, it's pretty exciting for Montreal right now, even though they don't have the, the top five that they said they were going to get from Florida. But winning the top five in this draft is very, very, very good. And Montreal, like Montreal now, they, they just have to get a good mixture of veterans to play with the young rookies that they have now because the veterans last year, as you know, were rotten. So they didn't help the rookies too much because, Bob, next year, the team is expecting, number one, to be healthy because two years in a row, they, they broke an NHL record for main game loss for injuries. But at the same time, they won a battle for a playoff spot. I don't think it's going to happen, but they should do, if they're healthy, they'll do much better than last year. But the division now is tough because Ottawa is going to be better. Ottawa is a goalie away from being a, a team that makes the playoffs every year, get like year on, year on. So Ottawa is going to be good. Buffalo is going to be good. Uh, the East, man, is getting better and better. George, we know you love the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Vegas is up one game to nothing over Florida. Doesn't mean they're going to win the series. I said Vegas would win the series in five myself. Does it just make it that much more bitter for Oilers and Oilers fans knowing that you were 2-2 with Vegas and you outshot them in games five and six, 75 to 53, but the Golden Knights got the wins in those final two games? Uh, Bob, I said Golden Knights two and six because Golden Knights have a way better team than, than Florida. It's just that in net, Florida has the advantage, but in forward and D-man, there's too much depth uh, for Vegas. And we've talked about the Oilers, Bob. We, we, they're a goalie away from winning the cup, and that's the best example of that. Look at the, look at Vegas right now. If we had a goalie, we would have won. And and I'm not saying that we don't have a goalie with Skinner. He's just not ready yet to play a number one role. He he might in the future, but this year was too much pressure. That first of all, he became number one goalie uh, because you know by default because Campbell did so bad, and then in the playoff. You know, after carrying this team, you know, through the playoff, you know, it, it didn't work out, which we can't blame it on that. But that's why the Oilers are so close. And, Bob, I'm going to say something else that a lot of people are not going to, they're not going to be happy to hear that. But we have three years to win the Cup in Edmonton. Yeah. Because I don't know what Connor is going to do, but a generational player like that, that is in the same conversation that Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux, cannot retire without a Stanley Cup. If within the next three years, we don't give him the tools to do so, because there's no way we could give him any criticism about the fact the others won or not with the numbers he's been putting up yep. every year in the playoffs. He's done everything he can, but the team better find ways to give him tools to win this Cup, because I'm afraid that if it doesn't happen within three years and he has to resign, I don't know if he's going to stay in Edmonton, man, because it'd be the biggest waste in, in the history of the NHL if that guy retires without a cup. And if he does, it would not be because he didn't try. Because the numbers that he's having now and what he's doing, surely every year you cannot blame him from, what it, what, from, from the unsuccess of this team. George, thanks for, the, thanks for your time, my man. Thanks for calling. Anytime, bro. That is George LaRock joining us again every Monday on Oilers Now for Contract Equipment Limited, Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and sales. Uncle Milt from Brent Ridge Ford says advertising on Oilers Now works. 
Brent Ridge Ford has delivered their last new 2022 truck. They're still in need of quality used vehicles, and they're prepared to pay top dollar for trade-ins or outright purchases. Remember, there's a reason Brent Ridge Ford is a 12-time Presence Award winner for customer satisfaction. If you want to be treated fairly with every aspect of your purchase and ownership, call the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, 780-352-6048. We'll wrap up Oilers now with a memorable list day in Oilers history. 152 at Edmonton Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated 50 plus years. Get their new boneless wings, 8 for $13.95, 16 for $25.95. You can visit royalpizza.ca where the staffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Brendan is a fan of the Texan. Alan from Edmonton says, Bob, thank you for the great show. I can't live without listening. Really? Well, okay. Well, thanks for saying it's a great show. I, I You actually could live without listening, just so you know. Uh, anyways, about the other caller's opinion. Every NHL year has 31 teams in their era of darkness. That's right. One team wins. The other 31 does. Nicely put, Alan. As we go to list day in Oilers history. Oh, this was a heartbreaker. Uh, it is presented by New West Travel. Serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. Here's Brendan Escott. 2006, Chris Pronger scores the first penalty shot goal in Stanley Cup final history. But Rod Brindamore scores with 32 seconds left in the game to break a 4-4 tie, pushing the Hurricanes past the Oilers in Game 1 of the Cup final. Of course, that was the game. Uh, Matt Green gave up the outside drive uh, to Andrew Ladd who uh, went hard to La Hole and then Marc-Andre Bergeron sort of pitched Fort Ladd into Dwayne Rolison who was injured and the Oilers Ty Conklin was backing up uh, Roley and had a malfunction at the junction back behind the goal on the game winner from Brindamore with 32 seconds left to give the uh, victory to the Hurricanes. The Oilers lost 5 nothing in game two. That was the game they blew. Every other game in the series was close. With the exception of game six at home when Edmonton walloped Carolina 4 nothing. All right. Uh, tonight, tonight, tonight. Oh, Reed Wilkins has got the night off because it's game two of the Stanley Cup final coverage beginning at 6 p.m. Uh, and that is between the Vegas Golden Knights hosting the Florida Panthers. Vegas up 1 nothing on the series or in the series. Tomorrow, daily faceoffs, Frank Cervelli for Horse Racing Alberta reminding you live thoroughbred racing back at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino every Friday and Saturday. For more information, head to thehorses.com. Edmonton Oil Kings General Manager Kurt Hill will be on tomorrow's show as well as he starts to. uh, they were a full-blown rebuild this year, but uh, they got to get going after getting to the Memorial Cup a year ago. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then Chelsea on Chet with Chelsea Bird. So long, everybody. Have a magnificent Monday.